podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guests would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. So today we have uh, David. And say your last name for me, David. It's Kaziesko. David Kaziesko. Um, David is an expert at flipping phones on eBay for profit. Um, he turned what he discovered about this into a retail operation consisting of several stores and has also created a number of online courses in the interest of helping others achieve similar success making a profit by repairing and reselling used phones. He's doing over seven figures a year with his specialized knowledge in the cell phone industry. David, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. Glad to be, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're really excited. So uh, your existing business, people can check it out at flipphonesforprofit.com. We'll, uh, we'll reference that again at the end of the show, but uh, we know you've talked a lot about that on, on other podcasts all over the internet. You're uh, you've worked with Ty Lopez. You've you've gotten yourself out there quite a bit. Uh, so those resource, resources are out there for people who want to find them. Again, with this podcast, we're going to be focusing on new business ideas and, and uh, something that you're excited about. We've talked about this a little bit. Let's just get right into it, the, uh, the concept for the idea. So everybody is familiar with social media, right? Uh, you know, one thing that I've always, obviously, I'm in, I'm in the technology business now. You know, I, I flip used phones and electronics. I've always been kind of a fanatic about digital goods, you know. And I've always been able to kind of predict how the future of technology was going to be. I predicted the smartwatch. I predicted the smartphone. I predicted um, high internet cable. Even when I was a young kid, I just kind of predicted all these type of shifts in technology. And, uh, you know, in studying now the patterns now, there's, Whenever a new infrastructure uh, comes available, a new program or something, a major platform, it opens up new opportunities for growing entrepreneurs, right? And one of the newest, I don't know what you would call it, a platform or infrastructure, kind of a combination of both, is the 5G network is just emerging. And the 5G network is really hot right now. And 5G is basically going to allow us to download pretty much anything we want within a matter of seconds. Now, we've never had the capability to download so much data in a short amount of time, which makes almost downloading video content you know, virtually completely seamless or, or uh any, anything else that, that requires a massive amount of data can be downloaded from anywhere, anywhere we're at, mobily, uh, in just a matter of seconds. So now this is going to open new opportunities. And what's going to happen is, what's already happening is most of the, sh- the shopping done in the world is now being shifted online. And there's, there's kind of this, I don't know how to say it, but it's, it's, a, it's a slight battle right now where, like, for example, we like to do a lot of shopping on Amazon, my wife and I. And, uh, you know, we order most of our regular, like, electronic products or just basically consumer goods and things like that. Things that we don't need to experience or try out, we'll just buy. But here's the problem when it comes to, like, clothes shopping. You know, I want to try a shirt on, but I don't know what it looks like. On. My wife wants to try out something. She's not sure if it's going to fit or how the shoes look and things like that, right? Or if we're going to buy, like, a fashion item or a cool like collectible or something it's hard to picture it online without seeing it right so 
consumers, I think, are feeling the same way. They definitely want to be shopping online. We're all gotten very lazy in the digital age, and nobody even wants to go to the store anymore. I don't even want to go to the grocery store. I want to push a button, have my food delivered. I want all my goods delivered to me. I don't want to go to the mall and experience all that you know, chaos and stuff. I just want to push a button and have it delivered to me right away. But we want to also be able to experience it. So what I thought that might solve this problem, because whenever... You know, if you look in history, the, the most successful entrepreneurs of our time, most billionaires, they just solved a big problem. Bill Gates solved the problem in home computer system operating system, right? You know, if we can somehow bring the shopping experience virtually to consumers online, I think this would be a complete game changer for the entire world. Imagine, uh, imagine a, a platform where you go into Amazon, but it's not Amazon now, it's, it's the Amazon mall. And there's a bunch of virtual stores, you, you know, you have kind of like a headset you put on and you're able to kind of go through a virtual mall and say, OK, here's this store. And you walk into the store and you can actually look at the goods that you want to try. And for example, a shirt, you can pick it up, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can look at it from all different angles and say, well, you know, this, you know, I like this or I don't like this. And what if we were able to create an avatar yourself? You had a scanning software, was able to scan your body, get your measurements, and was able to create this digital avatar so that you were like really in the store, but virtually. And you could actually try this on and see yourself in a virtual mirror, see how it looked, right? Now imagine if we were able to connect this and tap in all the social networks right now, Facebook, Instagram, you know, Snapchat and things of that nature, and somehow create an app that allowed you, kind of like Shopify now. With Shopify, you can go in there, you can, it's a cookie cutter program. A lot of beginner entrepreneurs can make a site for themselves. What if I was an online mom and pop shop, but I was able to use an app to create a virtual shopping store where I could actually decorate the walls, lay out the shelves, the store exactly how I wanted, and rent some digital space in, let's say, Amazon's mall or wherever this mall was, and create my store where I've already got massive traffic to this digital real estate that's going on it's whatever it is this digital mall and now i can take that traffic and bring it into my store imagine how easy that would be for anybody looking to sell their goods online to create something like that and if we could tie this app into the the, the social networks you could call up your you could message your friend on facebook and say hey you want to come shopping with me let's go to the mall you put your headsets on and you could virtually shop together imagine that you know you're you and your friend susie are out there trying on shoes or trying on clothes in this virtual mall and you don't even have to get out of bed. You could be relaxed, you know, you know, and, and think about couples shopping at night, how much that would change things. And of course, there's a lot of challenges to that. Right? Sure. Uh, you know I'll jump in with uh, the, the first thing that I'm just getting from you, Dave, here is I love your enthusiasm and your energy and your big picture thinking, you know, you've clearly got this vision of what shopping is going to look like in the future. And I think that's one of the things that, uh, as you said, successful entrepreneurs can see that, can see where things are going, and they see the technological shifts that they can ride to uh, to to bring about new services to get there. So that's a really cool idea. Obviously, with as you said, with any with any new idea, there are going to be obstacles that need to be overcome. But you don't start with that; you start with the excitement, because otherwise, you're not going to want to overcome those obstacles, right? So I think that's really cool. What, what were you going to say, Ethan? I saw a link to this somewhere the other day, and it reminded of you of of what you were saying about, hey, I'm going to ask my friend to go shopping online in virtual reality. I don't know if you've seen, there's like a dating show where people meet in virtual reality. Have you seen this? 
I have not seen that, but that's but, well, actually what they do is they put, they put them in the same room, but they put like VR headsets on them and they hang out and they go to like a, a little cafe and they, you know, they put them underwater and they're both fish for a little while or whatever. And they just take advantage of the flexibility, you know, and the technology and, and whatnot. So there's, there's, there's already these kind of like new spins on, on traditional models using virtual reality or just other types of technology. So, and we're in a magic era right now because back in the 1980s, you know, if you think back, I don't know how old you guys are. I'm, I'm you know, I'm 38, so I'm, I'm an old man. But the uh, back in back in the 80s, you know, computers used to be these massive, you know, rooms of all this digital digital circuitry and things like that. And you know, they didn't have home computers in the early 80s or late 70s, right? And Bill Gates brought the personal PCU and uh, Steve Jobs also with the Macintosh into people's homes where they could use this, right? And now if you think about it, you know, in our modern age, virtual reality has been something you only see in like arcades or something, you know, you they're training the military with and things like that. But personal virtual reality use is going to become a regular thing. It already started with the, with the gaming industry and stuff like that. But they're only using it for games. But I think virtual reality is going to make its way into our life as a regular thing soon. And that combined with the 5G where it's enough data to support this kind of platform, I think this all the... The uh, the right things happening at the right time for this just to to just blow up, if that makes sense. Awesome, that is really cool. So I think that uh, we have a series of questions that we take people through to make sure that we get a little bit rigorous in our thinking here. Which I think that you've covered a couple of them. The problem that this project will solve. Most people, as you talked about, they don't want to go shopping in person. They want to yeah. they want to be buying clothes online, but they're not sure how it's going to fit. Does that cover it? Is there some other aspect uh, as well? Yeah, it's, well, it's not just how clothes will fit, but how something looks. You know, right. it, it could be you know whatever something they want, something anything that uh, is not something is just a standard. You know, a phone. Of course, I'm going to buy a phone online or something because they're all look the same. I know what this is going to look like. But unique things, collectibles, things of that nature, uh, or clothes, or yeah, anything thinking, that's not really unique. I'm thinking of like you know friction is a big issue in sales and and people purchasing things. So any anything that reduces the friction of them purchasing something is is going to make you know the economics of it move faster. So I know what you're talking about. Like there was a play mat that I got for my kid. Actually, no, it was a mat for the kitchen to be underneath where they sit when they're eating or whatever, catch the food that falls down. But mm. I ordered it online and I looked at it and I was like, that thing, it looks terrible, but it's going to be functional. So let's just get it. And once it was in my house, he loved it, you know, and it was, it actually looked a lot better than it looked online. And I, I think that that's, that's a problem. It's, it's a problem for me, but it's also a problem for whoever's selling it, you know, it's a huge problem. If I'm not going to be able to experience that it's actually a good thing as opposed to a mediocre thing, I would buy it much more quickly and easily, you know? So I, I get that part of the problem. Yeah. And then next piece is the solution, how it gets, how uh, this problem gets solved by your business idea. And you described it as uh, bringing that shopping experience to the virtual realm where people can uh, see exactly what it's going to look like. They can have a good sense of whether it's going to fit them. Uh, virtually, and then there's also this entire social aspect where they can go shopping with someone who's located in a completely different part of the world at the same time visiting these stores in real time and, and just connecting with people in a much deeper fashion than you can through these asynchronous means that we have out there. Is that a, a fair summary? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
I just, I just to interject here, I think, you know, people who are listening or that might be thinking, uh, okay, well, here, the idea of the podcast is here's a business that I might be able to start, you know, and then connect with Dave to help get it running. And so keep in mind, we are going in that direction that eventually we're going to try to share some steps or come up with some steps by the end of the podcast where someone could at least get the initial bit of this idea started, test it, make sure it's going to be something functional. So we'll keep that in mind for as we continue creating some portion of this, if we have to pare it down or make it simpler in some way that we can talk about getting it started. I mean, I've got, I've got a way to break this down real simple. If you want to hear it, that we could do it because I don't want to be, you know, I'm not naive to think I'm going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg here, <laughs> Bill Gates, you know, but I think, I think we can, well, before we get there, Dave, yeah, we do we want to get there, but let's, uh, let's, that's good foreshadowing. That's, that's good, good foreshadowing. Exactly. Okay. We'll, ask you, we'll probably talk about that in, in just a couple of minutes. Yeah. Before we get there, so the value of the solution, this is a big picture idea. There's a huge market out there, obviously, online shopping and maybe even shopping in general this can tap into, right? Any idea for the scale of what this could be? How many people shop online in the world, you know? How many people go to the mall? How many, how many people go clothes shopping? How many people, you know, buy gifts for the holidays? I mean, I think... This is this is something like I think we, every person on the planet needs as far as shopping. You know, um, anybody that is hip with technology that wants a convenient, easier way to do that is, I think, would see the the benefit in this type of solution. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I like the idea because you know the things that made billionaires is things that serve problems on a mass scale. Uh, the Verizon networks, they solve the cell phone industry and, and the personal computing solutions and, and the medical field, things like that. So uh, th that's why I think that this could go, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah, great. Yeah. Don't need to say too much about it. It's <laughs> online shopping. Yeah. It's huge shopping in general is, is a massive industry. Everyone has to do it. So exactly. A massive market size. Could I, I just want to interrupt. Sorry, go, go back. We, so we have two questions. One is the value of the solution and the other is the market size. And I, maybe it'd be useful to dig in a little bit more on the value side of it. Like it feels valuable, but like maybe run us through like a specific case in which there's payment involved that somebody is realizing the value of it. Is it the consumer saying, I'm going to pay for this app because it's going to make my life easier? Is it the store and they're going to pay for it? Like in the end, if there's going to be money made, somebody's going to, have to pay for it. Who has the pain enough to pay for it? And you know, why do they pay it? Why is it of, how is it of value to, to them? Well, from a business standpoint, I can tell you, obviously, getting customers and selling products is something that all business owners tend to have a pain with, right? We all want to sell more products. We all want to market more. We all want to get more business. So I think this falls on the burden of the entrepreneur or the business owner to to purchase this platform to make the shopping easier because that's going to generate more sales. Imagine where you could tap in to all of Facebook's traffic all of a sudden with your store where people can walk in now and you're just a mom and pop shop in a city and now boom, you've got a, a store the size of the entire world that people can shop. And I'd say that that would be worth paying for as a business owner. So that would be the value there. Just as people pay a monthly fee for Shopify now to sell online, it would be the same type of thing. So like, a, let's say a monthly, let's just, just to break it down a little further, let's say we have a mom and pop shop and maybe they bring in say 250K in revenue a year or something like that. It's kind of a small project or maybe 500,000 or something. 
is there's a percentage of their revenue that would make sense for them to put towards being a member of this or paying for it and that it's going to is going to make sense to turn around more products. Is it on the level of like a Shopify where it's like 50 bucks a month, a couple hundred bucks a month? Is that how we want it? It, de- it depends on the direction we would go to market this. You know, so there's a couple ways to do this. One, this software could be just licensed. It could be like patented licensed and sold to, let's say Amazon who wants to just dominate and then basically take over the world at that point because they would be the only one. So then that, that would be maybe even their equity share with them. Or if you wanted to do it more on the consumer end, maybe a small percentage of sales. For example, eBay and Amazon, they built their platforms on a percentage share of the profits. So like 10, 15%. So that could be charged that or with Shopify's model, it's just a monthly payment. So they do $97 a month. That would have to be tested, I guess, to see what would be the most profitable and what would be the most win at that point? I probably don't know until we did more like surveying or market research, I guess on that. Cool. Yeah. Great. I just wanted to get a little bit more detail on that. Yeah, that's a good question. Those are distinct questions. Question. So it's uh, it's really good to, to keep them separate here. Okay. The competition, what kind of competition already exists here and what makes your solution unique to them? What, what unique value does it provide? I mean, the competition here is the major players. You've got Amazon, you've got eBay, and then the the social networks. You've got Facebook and Instagram, YouTube. The thing is, what would just stop them from making the software and saying, okay, we don't need you. We're going to do it ourselves. So the key would have to be to create this as fast as possible, license it so that nobody else can copy this, and then quickly leverage it as fast as possible to be the first player in this to sell it to them. Kind of like Bill Gates did that with you know Microsoft DOS. He bought the technology for 50000 and quickly licensed it to IBM or, or partnered with them on that. So that would be the key with this. Is get the software, get it going, build the platform, work out the kinks, and leverage it as soon as possible to the biggest player, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a either a licensing or acquiring situation seems like it makes the most sense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it'd be it'd be interesting to. Th- I mean, you got to think that say Amazon has got like a Amazon you know future department or something. Maybe they're already working on something like this. Who knows? You know. So it's like beating them to the punch and then coming and then saying, "Hey, look, I've got this hard running and and going, and and you can acquire it or license it." Yeah. I mean, the key would be to make it, it would have to be, I guess, complementary to to all parties involved to make it worth it for them to do it separately. You know, there would have to be a benefit for me letting other people get in on it, such as like, you know, eBay or other platforms for Amazon's benefit, because maybe it merges all the traffic together. So they're able to share traffic now and collaborate. Or like you said, maybe it is better to just pick the, the you know the highest bidder or, or someone who wants to capture the market share, just license it to them and just go all the way with, with them uh, and maybe just beat them to the punch. Maybe their department isn't as motivated as let's say I would be in this or isn't you know as up to par. So you just try to beat them to, to getting it done and then maybe have them just acquire you and become part of Amazon at that point or something. Mm-hmm. Cool. What's next here? The uh, business model, which we're talking about right now as it is, right? How would you acquire customers and generate revenue? Licensing makes a lot of sense to me. We talked about some of the other ideas out there. So I think that we can continue on unless either of you guys have more to say about it. Uh, yeah, I, I think, no. I think we discussed a lot already. Sorry okay. if I'm 
kind of jumping the gun on some of these things. No, no. That means that's kind of this stuff. That means that you have thought through it, right? And you know what you're doing here. You're you've got these type of questions internalized, right? That's uh, that's a great sign. Okay, key performance indicators. What type of metrics would you be monitoring to make sure that the project is on track and the business is getting traction the way that you would want it to? That's a good question that I can't answer as easy as the other one. I guess, I mean, that's something that key performance indicators is something usually once you launch a business, right, and you get data and feedback. So I would say maybe a small test group, what you do is take, you know, maybe do a study of online shoppers, a thousand people or so, let them test the app, experience it and get some feedback. The thing is the user experience would be what generates the success of this, right? They would have to feel like the, the users would have to feel like this is exactly what I've been wanting. And, um, you know, that would, that would be the ultimate determining factor. Is this going to be a win or not? But I'm guessing I'm going to place my bets that people would be very excited about this. I tell you right now, my wife said we can go shopping virtually and we can sit home in bed together and have a glass of wine and go walk through the mall while we, we do our shopping. I'm sure she'd be pretty excited about that. Uh, on that question also, key performance indicators, at least at some point in the journey, it's like, it seems like we're leaning towards even though it's geared towards making the client, the, the customers, the shoppers happy, the performance for the business end of it needs to be on the side of the stores or the people selling things. Like we need to somehow have an indicator that they're selling more or getting higher revenues, you know, either selling more products or selling more quickly or easily or something like that. Um, wow. You, yeah, I agree on that. As a matter of fact, I think the uh, the ease of use for our business owner would probably be it too. It would have to be, you know, a drag and drop cookie cutter system. I, I, I forget about that end of it. So I, I think that you're right, Ethan, on that. Okay, cool. I just wanted to bring oh, that yeah. up. Too. No, no, good, yeah. very good point. I'm thinking like Numer, I like, I think about numbers, you know, so like, how could you quantify something and go to a business owner and say, hey, like you started using my app and then now a month later, look, your revenues are up, you know, 15%. So here's a no brainer. You're going to keep paying for this, the system or something like that. I'm sure, you know, with, with the system, we'd be able to track all sales, which is great too, because in a retail environment, there's a lot of shrinkage, you know, people can walk out the door with things, employees and stuff. Now everything's, you've got a store where everything is held, you know, is, is, is accounted for, which is really cool. And then we can actually track all the metrics. We can even maybe run virtual advertising. You know, that's to be another thing is, you know, you can track ads like we do Facebook ads now right to a product in a store uh, and boom, it takes you right to the store, you're in it. So that would be another big benefit, I guess, of this this type of thing. Yeah, just to piggyback on that, you know, when you were talking about creating a virtual avatar of yourself, like your form, I'm sure it's not that, it's not as difficult as some of the larger pieces of this to create that, you know, form of an individual. And right now how we have customized Facebook ads, I mean, you could, you could send a Facebook ad to one person that says one thing and a Facebook ad to another person that says another thing, who's to say you can't, instead of advertising with a model wearing the clothes, why not just have an ad with the person who's, you know, looking at the ad wearing the clothes. Wow. That is brilliant. I love that. That's, that's great. And then you are, you're, you know, you could be, there could be at this point, you know, there, there, a lot of things will expand virtually, but imagine if you're driving down the road, there's virtual billboards, but the billboards are custom uh, tailored, but using your cookies that what you'd explore. So everybody sees different billboards. And then imagine you click on a billboard and it takes you boom, right into this place, the shopping network. You want to shop for a car, boom, right? You're right in the dealership. You want to go to the mall, boom, you're right there, instantly there. Imagine how cool that would be as an experience. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like creating that avatar and being able to customize ads and then tracking clicks and sales from ads is, a, seems like a, you know, like an avenue and like a funnel where you can track some metrics really easily and, and optimize and, and see if things are working well. Yeah. I really love the, the custom dis- digital avatar advertising. Imagine like you wanted to buy something nice for your spouse or something and you could see your spouse in the clothing at, right. in the advertising. Like, wow, what an awesome thing that would be. Right, right. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's break it down for our listeners here. Let's, let's drop this into some actionable steps. You had mentioned earlier you had maybe a pared down version that you would consider starting with. Can you talk more about that and some of the specific steps that you would take to get that going? I think the key would be to lay out the, 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 the infrastructure for it, you know, just a basic skeleton, get a, get a bare bones thing running where if, even if it's just kind of like a 3D graph type, not in the graph, I don't know what you call it, but like, a, you know, just lines or something like that where you could kind of do a little test run with it, getting a, a basic software programmed or having someone as a project manager outline what it would take in order to do this. And then, uh, and then take it from there. I mean, that would probably be the first step. We, we just need, need to make sure this, this is this possible right now with the current technology, which I think it is. And what's the easiest way we can create it at that point. So it sounds like what's needed here is um, like you mentioned 5g, right. As one of the key ingredients in this. So I think what tends to happen with the, with these bottlenecks on speed, right. Is people don't realize what they can do until they have, until the bottleneck is, is unclocked. Right. And then you go, Oh wow, we could do streaming video. We had no idea you could do that, you know, or, and so it sounds like this is what you're foreseeing here is that the bottleneck for being able to run a, an app like this, easily enough where it's not like lagging and going slowly is really going to be broken pretty soon. Yes. Um, and so it sounds like maybe there need someone needs to be able to either themselves or create a group or, you know, create the right network of people that have the knowledge to, you know, create the test, you know, create an app, create a basic app where this can be, be focused. So, you know, one thing, um, one thing I think we actually, you know, we did a pre-interview. We talked about this a little bit before, but I remember one thing we came up with was like a listener, for example, what could they do to actually prove to you or us that they're, they're on the right track? And it could just be as simple as putting the right team together of folks that could make, start to make this happen. You know, that would take a bit of legwork and, you know, people had, would have to be sold on the idea and willing to put some effort in, you know, create some wireframes, create some some apps um, in order to start making things happen. Let me, uh, let me throw another take on this <clears throat> for an intermediate step. What if I'm thinking of, uh, of, of the founder of Zappos. Are you guys familiar with that story? Mm. I don't know the story. Unfortunately. So it's, it's the similarities are crazy actually between what you're describing and what he did. He basically was like, you know, if I want to find a pair of shoes, I have to, I'm subject to what they have in the local stores, right? I have to show up there and I have to see that they have it in my size, et cetera. He said, this should be easier. We should be able to get these shoes online. So what he did is he went to the local shoe store, took pictures of the shoes that existed there and put them on a website and people could order it from the website. If they placed an order, he didn't carry any inventory, right? If they placed an order, he would go to the shoe store 
buy them and then ship them at cost. And this is just to, this is how we proved out the model, uh, mm. which is just a super, you know, quick, easy idea. Wow. You don't have to hire a development team. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You just have to figure out if it works. What if with your idea here, rather than building out the wireframe and the virtual reality part that is waiting on the 5G, in the meantime, partner with some stores and say, okay, we want to find people. We want to help match people to the exact fit of clothing that you guys have. If we bring you their dimensions, right, their, their measurements, if they're going to get a suit fitted, for example, they're going to know all of their measurements. We'll give you those dimensions and you tell us which clothes or which sizes are going to fit them perfectly. And we'll match that up. Maybe you just start with like Express. Pick one store, right? Start with them. And okay. You have this service where if you go through our platform, then you have your exact measurements uploaded and you'll only see the clothes that they have in stock that fit your exact measurements. You don't need to do the virtual reality part yet, but then you're still guaranteed. It's, it's, it's a halfway step there that you can do pretty much now. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's it just kind of testing it on a, on a, a very just easy basis. Just, we just get the measurements and we kind of link the, pe- the people together. Exactly. And I'm thinking, so getting the measurements wouldn't be too hard, right? There are, every time that you go to a wedding, if you're a guy, you have to, if you're in a wedding, you have to get your measurements for a, a, a tux rental, right? So you could have little cards at these tux rental shops with, uh, with your website on it. Hey, you know, um, I'm going to interrupt because I think there's, our, there's an app but there's a guy that created a business which is sort of similar, but and it's sort of along the lines of what you're saying. Um, and I believe it's, you know, I, I believe he kept the technology only for his own business. He's, he's not, he might be licensing somewhere else. But the idea is you just put your phone down, you stand in front of it, how they tell you, takes photos of you. It basically gets your measurements, you know, just using inferences about the space and the distance. That would be like a better test because there's a lot, you know, if you go to Amazon right now, it has all the measurements there, but that's still, a, a lot of people don't know their measurements and they don't want to take their measurements. And also measurements sometimes fluctuate between manufacturers and things like that. You know, the clothes fit differently. So I like what Ethan's saying there where we'll take the measurements for you because it takes a step out of the process. People want to streamline and make it easy, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that idea. So do you think it's a matter of, I like I like what we're doing here because it like really makes you think creatively to try to figure out just just a brief aside in saying that this is what the difference is between the entrepreneur that makes something happen and the one that gives up. So people often they see a big idea and they go, well, that's big. Screw it. I'm just going to go to my nine to five or, you know, I'm not going to work on this or I'll let somebody else do it. But at some point, someone's got to do it and they've got to start somewhere. So it's just really useful, this part of of the conversation to to come up with, yeah, like what the heck can you do to get started on this? So uh, what I was just going to ask, you know, for us to to discuss really briefly, is is it a matter of maybe finding that guy and seeing if he's interested in a partnership of some sort, Um, you know, seeing if, if, if there's some sort of synergy that could happen or is it recreating that or is it creating something different or. Oh, I like that strategy partnering with someone that's already kind of halfway there. Walt Disney did that when he created Disneyland. He partnered, partnered with previous amusement parks and, and then just rented out the space. Oh, and really? And other companies, yeah. Uh, and he was able to leverage all that to create a, you know, a, a, 
big, massive infrastructure that he didn't have the money for originally. So that would be a great idea. I like it. Yeah, I think that that could be one of the the metrics that we put out there, right? Is try and contact this person or if other people have similar platforms, try and contact people who created an app that allows you to virtually get your measurements. Yeah, and I don't have that guy's name, but you can find him, I'm sure. Um, maybe we could find it and share it later. I'm trying to think of other ways to, this may be a matter of, since, it's, since it is quite a complicated project where there's just multiple avenues that people could take. And I then, think that's, yeah, I think that's the thing is, is uh, this is a totally valid approach to try and partner with that person, but that may not work, right? So simultaneously, you could still, I still like my idea of if you find the buyer or someone who's creating clothes at one of these, one of these shops, you can uh, reach out to them with this pitch of, hey, if I give you the exact measurements, do you guys have the capabilities to tell me which of your sizes are going to fit very well for these people. I'm not talking about they're going to be like, uh, you know, this is what I would recommend wearing. I'm saying that this exact shirt is a perfect fit for someone with these measurements. And I would think that if you do that on a individual scale with a, with someone at express or a place like that, then you could get that information and, and you could start with just one one store, right? And you can start, I mean, it, it might be simpler to start with men or it might be simpler to start with women. I'm, obviously, we're all, we're all guys here. So we don't have, I'm presuming, as much experience buying clothes for, uh, for women. But I'm thinking at Express, I know that there's a specific shirt, extra, you know, extra large, long, button-down shirts fit me every time at Express. But not all clothes at Express fit me. But I know that if I see a pattern of extra large, long in the dress shirt, that is going to be perfect for me. Mm. Um, and if I have that matched up for me at different stores, right? So if I'm looking for button-down shirts, I see all of the extra long, extra large, long from Express. And I might see like the medium long fit from Banana Republic or all of them together, right? That I know are exactly my size. And then I don't have to go in and see, okay, this is in stock or everything that comes with the shopping experience that you don't like. I'm just going to say, I, might, I kind of want to piggyback off your idea, Chris, because so sure. I like it. But here's the thing where, where I think is the real benefit to this virtual platform. It's like, you're right. I know certain shirts have that structure where you know that you buy it, it's going to look good. And I'm the same way I get my shirts on Amazon. But you know what doesn't? My pants, right? And my wife, she has a unique body style for a girl. And she has a hard time finding like, shirts or blouses that they, they flow properly with her shape and things like that or like pants that fit properly so that's where the problem comes in but i really like what ethan said about finding the guy where uh what, what was the app that you said it uh, get your measurements well there's another yeah. app my wife used where you take a picture of yourself and like you use it uh, she uses it for makeup and um hair dye and what it does is you see a picture of yourself and you see yourself it will perfectly color your hair in the picture, no matter what the picture is, so you can see what the hair dye looks on you. And I think that's the big benefit of this is being able to right. see it on you, right? On because you. right now I go to Amazon right now and I can buy those cookie cutter shirts you're talking about. And it, 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 I don't really need the virtual reality after that. But I wanna, like a pair of pants, some pants, my do, legs yeah. look like twigs. Some pants, my legs look a little bit fuller and they're better. You know, like I wanna see that. I wanna look at myself right. and go, okay. Yeah, it's definitely an intermediate step. What I'm picturing is, in, you know, this is part of the debate of, of what entrepreneurs, this is how 
these ideas come to fruition. What I what I think that that would address is the fit aspect. It doesn't doesn't address the you know does this color scheme look good on you aspect, but if you have a guarantee that it fits. And the reason that I keep pushing on this is because I think that a solution like that is 10% as difficult as the big solution. And maybe you get 25% of the value of it, right? It's, it's definitely does not cover the, the entire benefit that you're talking about here. But that's just a, you know, another step that someone can take if someone wants to try that avenue. We'll right. put that out there. You guys can follow it. And, and we're hoping that this is just going to kickstart some ideas for the listeners mm. as well. They can come up, you listeners, you can come up with a hundred other different ways to get this idea off the ground and you can impress us with that. We're just, we're spitballing some ideas to get things going for you. Um, Just as an intermediate uh, with what you had said, Chris, is maybe there's a space for someone to say, well, let me go check what are the shirts, you know, what are the pants that, that fit me the way that I like? And I can sort of input that and report that. And there's a system, then the system can say, oh, well, this fits like that. And maybe you can even take your picture of yourself. Like, here's the shirt that I like how it fits. You take a picture of yourself in a certain position. And now retailers who know the measurements of their their actual items, right? They can use that fit to see if their item fits and put it on you the way it would fit you you know, based on the, uh, the existing photograph, if that makes sense. I think that I'm I'm agreeing with... I'm agreeing with David here in the sense that part of what's the real power here is being able to see the thing on yourself or have some tangible experience of of what it's like to be in a shop or trying something on. Yeah, and I agree with both of you guys that that's where a lot of the value is. I think that to me, if I were listening and trying to get started, building a team that can build a virtual reality app and and spending the money to do all of that, it, that's more intimidating. And I think that you can bootstrap it kind of like Tony Say did, right? With He went to the store and took a picture of shoes and put it on his website. And that doesn't cost much at all to do something like that. And granted, not nearly as valuable as Zappos is right now with what they're doing, but it, was en- it got him enough traction to be able to take that next step. Mm. And that's what we're looking for here is what are the things that can allow you to bootstrap it to the point that it can, you, you foresee a path to getting to this big idea that we're talking about. So here's something interesting, right? We're talking about fit, right? So that's kind of seems a little bit more difficult, like the way a shirt fits, the way a pants fit, but you're talking about shoes, the way that they fit, like feel fit, that's a little bit more difficult to solve. But the way that they look on someone, it's relatively easy, easy to model. You know, so it is a matter of like, you could just have a picture of yourself and then the shoes are superimposed on them for you to see what they would look like on you or with your outfit that you're wearing or something like that. And maybe that is a first step into sort of giving people a virtual idea of a clothing product you know they can't see it they can't quite see how it fits or something like this but they can't see it on them and i feel like that's just cut and paste you know it's like photoshop you know it's not it's not terribly difficult but it does at least give people a sense that they're going in that direction of like a virtual self a virtual avatar what do you think of that guys (laughs) i love that idea and i'll tell you why because uh we just bought this house a little while ago and the house had these terrible colors on the walls we wanted to redo the whole thing so when we're looking for it 
we wanted to get we wanted to you know paint the whole thing but coming up with colors when you're in a paint store was difficult so they have this software where you can actually take a picture of the inside of the house and then you 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 put the actual paint color on the walls and it, and it, and it you know superimposes on your your real house and you're like Ooh, that's what the room will look like. And that was a huge factor for us in determining what paint we went with because we could see it on the actual house that we were purchasing. Um, right. And it made it so exciting, but doing it on your own body, that would be so cool. Like, Man, I made that paint app too. That's, <laughs> that's a great, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Think about like the endorphin rush for women, right? I mean, I grew up in a house of, I have my mother, two sisters, I'm married, I have a daughter. So I'm around women all the time, right? So one of the biggest things, my wife will say all the time, you know, we don't even have to buy anything. I just love shopping. I just want to look and try it on. So think about the addictive experience for a woman to go into the stores as much as they want, almost like playing Candy Crush, you know, and you're like, oh, I want to try this on. Boom, they push it by. Oh, this is so fun. I get to see myself in this dress. I want to try this one on. Think about how many hours some, a woman could sit there and just play with that, just see themselves on, in these clothes and, and how uh, how much that would contribute to the experience. Man, I'd do the same thing. I think there are a lot of guys out there that would, that would yeah. do that too. <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounds fun. I mean, maybe it's even just kind of like a, I don't want to say joke, but like a, almost like a fun, funny version of this where it's just like you copy and paste your head on, you know, an outfit or something like that, where people just get excited about, you know, having a virtual avatar and seeing how they look in different things, you know? Yeah. If you don't mind, let me throw another yeah. bootstrapping avenue. I'll mm-hmm. call it that. I, I'm riffing off your idea here, Ethan, because I loved it, of uh, oh, taking, taking the articles of clothing that are already fitting you well. Let's say we... We say, go in your closet, pick out the three pieces that fit you the best, tell us the brand, tell us the size, and then we have a virtual assistant who's going to go in and into those three shops and find all of the other pieces of clothing that they have in stock and on sale each week, and they email you five items. There are five items that are in stock in these stores that, that you already know are going to fit you well. That's something that you can do. I mean, that's like a week to do a project like that, right? And you start building an email list. You can get affiliate commissions from that. A lot of stores already have affiliate links. You don't even need to talk to them about setting up some monthly service fee or anything else like that. You set an affiliate affiliate link. I like that idea, but the only, the only thing that I have with that is that it's, um, is that it's logical, right? And in shopping, I found a notion is what sells, right? Like nobody, I know it sounds ridiculous, right? Well, that would be logical, but, but I, you know, you're a marketing guy, you know this stuff, like logic never really is the thing that sells, it's emotion. So I think it's the fun, the experience of seeing ourselves in it, which is really what drives, this is going to be the driving force here. Because to me, as you were saying that, my brain is going, oh God, I'm going to have to wait emails i don't i don't want to check I, I'm, I'm getting I'm, not, I'm getting anxiety just thinking about that so i don't yeah. know what you think about that at all but the, the the push button feeling of seeing myself makes me go oh wow i, I like this i wanted to just take one more uh like a completely different uh validation idea because what we're talking about right now is validation of the idea and like proving that you take some action proving that people want to use it people that there's that there's legs there so it that Another direction, totally opposite, could just be presenting the idea to people and saying almost Kickstarter style, hey, you know, it would be 10 bucks a year or a month to be a member of a founding member of this kind of a project. Give me 10 bucks. I'll see if there's 50 other people that want to do this. They really think it's a cool idea that we can make it happen. And you love the idea so much that that you want to make it happen. It's another way to validate the idea without even, you know, you could just create some 
images of what would it, what it would look like, you know, and it could be just a simple website that says the way that things would be and seeing if people are signing up or adding their, it could be even not giving money, but adding their emails to a list about um, being a member of it or being a part of it. You could do the opposite with the businesses as well. Like, oh, would you like to be able to sell your products on a virtual platform where people have avatars that they can actually see the clothes on themselves? You know, this is the buy-in. We're going to collect so much from a certain amount of people. And if if we get that much, we'll start developing it. If not, you know, we'll give it back to you, that kind of a program. Yeah, I think that's a, a great other action that we can have people take here. Yeah, so like a pre-selling I, type of for action. For sure, yeah. So I think this is a, a good point to yeah. wrap up. I know this is the, the time we had scheduled with you here, Dave. Really appreciate you coming onto the podcast. We're going to go back through and pull out some of these actionable steps that we listed throughout the episode and we'll, we'll list them in the show notes for people to easily see. Again, you're encouraged to follow these steps and encouraged to come up with your own and take action and report back to us you can email us at update at runwithit.us. Tell us how this process has gone for you, what you've, gone, what you've gotten out of this interview, and most importantly, the, uh, the exact steps that you've taken to run with this business idea. This is something that Dave is obviously really passionate about. He wants to bring to life. And if you do a good job of, uh, of taking action in the next couple of weeks, then you've got an opportunity to partner with the seven-figure entrepreneur. Yeah, just to say, yeah, it, it sometimes feels like we're just spitballing here, you know, along the way. And I think that's part of the idea. It's a big idea. And we have different types of ideas all the time on different episodes. But the thing to remember is that Dave is a proven entrepreneur. He knows how to take just ideas and turn them into things that actually make money. And, you know, some of you out there are might have not gotten to that point. Or you love the idea, but you wouldn't know how to make it happen. The idea, the idea of how this works is actually this can become a business that you have a primary stake in just because you started the actionable steps. Dave is going to be an advisor. You know, he's going to take a percentage of the business if the business take, takes off. You know? So keep in mind that we are, quote unquote, spitballing a little bit, but you get a chance to partner with someone who, who knows how to actually implement and make things happen. And um, I think that, uh, that like, like you just said, just to reiterate, it's super powerful. Cool. So to follow up here with Dave, if you take action on what we, what we said here and, and uh, push through with this new idea, if you want to check in with what Dave is doing right now, visit flipphonesforprofit.com and you can connect with him on there. You can check out his courses. You can see all the amazing stuff that he's been doing for the last several years. Um, anything else that you'd like to leave our listeners with, Dave? Well, I think just one thing I'd like to do is this is something I've always, uh, one of my rules for success, I guess you'd call it, is uh, in launching businesses. I learned this from a guy, uh, it was Ty Lopez's mentor. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Ty Lopez, but Ty Lopez is my mentor. But his mentor said to me once, he said, anything that's worth doing is worth doing poorly first. So if you're sitting there going, you know, like, I think I could make this happen, but I don't know if it would be good enough, then you're the person to make this happen. And I would say just anything is good as long as we just get this started because you know an idea is always good as the execution right so let's just let's do it and if you think you can do it just get it started and reach out very much agreed very much agreed great well thanks for listening listeners and we will see you next week 
Now, it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. Podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.